Yo, 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 what up everybody and thank you for joining us on another episode of Let's Take It There. This episode is a continuation of last week's episode titled Coming In Hot. If you haven't heard it yet, go check it out. And in this episode, we're talking about Christians and secular music. So we're going to jump right in with a clip and uh, here we go. Again, because faith coming by here ain't. So the, uh, uh, um, a lot of people don't understand, and Pastor Wines, maybe we could we could speak on this, because and I'm not definitely not coming against you at all. But a lot of people don't understand the influence, or no, listen, the, the, the influence or the negative effect that secular music. All right, well, my time is up, right? Yeah, has on on, on people the negative effect that hip hop and R and B today has on our youth. It has more influence than the parents do. Just because the parents have the authority or the position don't mean they have the influence. These kids are influenced by this music. If you go to high school or elementary school today, what do you want to be? None of them are going to, well, they're not going to say a nurse. They're going to say, I want to be American Idol. I want to be an entertainer. Music is the main influence nowadays. But the problem with that is that only two things come out of your mouth, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Are y'all with me? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So no matter how long the conversation is, you're either getting death or life. No matter how long the movie is, you're either getting death or life. No matter how long the song is, you're either getting death or life. And I can't see life coming out of most of these hip-hop and R&B artists. Here it is. I'm not talking about the artists. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. The spirit they're presenting to you is death. What do you mean by death? Death is not, you right, Ty. When I hear that, I just feel like killing somebody. No, that's not death. Death is separation from God. Adam, if you eat of the tree, you shall surely die. He ate of the tree, but he didn't, he didn't physically die, but he was separated from God. This mute, when the last time you saw, I can't name no shows, uh, 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 another network that got three letters like this one. When the last time, it starts with a B. When the last time you saw, a show on it and, 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 or a video by a certain artists, a hip-hop and R&B artists, and felt closer to God. No, no, no. When the last time you saw 106 and something and felt closer to God? And, and you could just, all the young people, the, the influence in their life is hip-hop and R&B. I mean, I could check your iPod. If I had your cell phone number, I'd call you right now, and your ringtone is not... Their MySpace page is not, it's not victory or, or whatever my song, whatever your song, it's not that. So this music is separating us from a God we claim to be trying to get closer to. And this is why it's easy because every man is first, the way you're tempted is you're first drawn away of your own lust. So I'm not saying this music is a sin, but it draws you away. Hip hop and R&B is not a sin, but it's, it's like an usher. It'll show you how to sin. Here you go. I got two, two for lust right here. Two C. So that clip was actually from 2008. Uh, Ty Tribbett was on. Ty Tribbett was actually on TBN, uh, and he was doing an interview with Marvin Winans. And um, the topic uh, he was preaching, or he started to preach during the interview about music. And um, I, I find obviously some of the stuff you know, we can debate about, but I find it interesting that, you know, we do believe in the power of the tongue. Um, I'm a believer that, you know, 
we are as believers supposed to be careful what we speak and say. Um, and when we start thinking about uh, music and its influence, I think it's it's a I think he had a valid, some valid points when you start talking about the power of what we're actually absorbing when we're listening to secular music. Um, so I raised the question to all of you gentlemen, do we think that believers and, and he was focused on just to give some background on it. He was focused on hip hop and R and B because the entire crowd he was talking to was African-American. Um, obviously there's other types of music um, besides those two genres. But do we think that Christians should expose themselves or listen to music that is not uplifting or does speak uh, or is not a positive message? Should Christians be listening to secular music? I pose that question to this group. And what are your thoughts on the clip also? Okay, I I, I remember this clip and I remember when it came out and um he's not wrong in the clip i think it, i think majority of things he said in there from my opinion um were were spot on and you know it's an it's it's enough to fight your own lust and your own sins and your own um your own vices and and then you and then you put the secular music on top of that you know, you're adding other vices and you're adding other temptations. You're other, adding things that they're talking about to, you know, your, your mental, to your spirit that you also have to, to fight with. So I, I don't think he's wrong. Um, and even he said his listening to secular music is not a sin, but it, I do think it is. It does get into tricky situations. It does, it does become tricky. Um, as you're fighting sin, as you're fighting your your own lust, and as you're fighting your own temptations, I do think it makes it make it makes it harder. I think that uh, Dave, I want you to kind of talk to this a little bit because you alluded to this in one of our earlier episodes about it being uh, if you have a drinking problem. I don't know if you remember when you were going on that uh, kind of spiel, but I think you were kind of saying something similar to what we just heard but give your thoughts obviously and what is your reaction to the clip you just heard um uh for the most part i'll say he he was right i agree with cleve um i disagree where he said that the music has all the influence on the kids i don't necessarily i don't necessarily agree with that um i did not grow up in the church um i grew up in a I guess, quote unquote, Christian home, but not necessarily. We didn't go to church every Sunday. We weren't, you know, necessarily saved or anything like that. Um, I listened to a lot of secular music. I had hundreds, if not thousands of CDs um, back then. My iPod at the time was full in 2008. With Well, 2008, I had just got saved. Well, not just got saved. I haven't saved a couple of years. Um, but my iPod was still full of secular music, things like that. So, um, and I can't say that that had any profound impact on how I lived my life. Um, I lived my life based on a lot of different things. I don't think music had an influence on me in that way. Um, I can't say that, at least not for me. Um, I'd, I'd argue that most of my friends were the same way. Um, but, I do what I do agree with 
wholeheartedly is what he was saying about, you know, what you're hearing and how that entices your different vices and different things like that. Like I said, I haven't listened to secular music in probably about two years because I didn't grow up in a church. <laughs> and because I has very, I got saved later in life. I was 19. And so I have very specific memories connected to very specific songs um, and secular songs and different things like that. And even just certain things that are, can be said or rapped about or whatever, bring back different memories. And then, you know, those trigger different thoughts, which again, like an alcoholic walking into a, an ex-alcoholic walking into a bar, you know, those memories come back and those vices come back and those things. And to, to Cleese's point, if you're fighting those things um, and you're wrestling with those things already, you're more inclined to be validated when you're listening to or you're in partaking in, um, even if it's passively like music, um, in those sins. Um, so for me, uh, it's just I choose not to fill my mind subconscious with those things because I know where it could lead me. Um, I've seen it, you know, I've seen it take me down those roads multiple times during my walk. And I just realized that, you know, I just can't listen to secular music anymore. And I'm not, you know, there's a, there's enough dope Christian artists out there now um, that I don't miss it, you know. So you got to give um, me a list of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> I send them to Brian all the time. Yeah, yeah please. <laughs> I don't share your sentiments. <laughs> Brian, you had a look on your face. I, I, I want. I'm interested. Listen, I, I am always going to take issue with people who have platforms making lazy generalisms. Mm, that's and that's what I think a lot of that was i think that he's posturing i do agree that there is an instance where um music can influence a certain type of person to act a certain way to david's point validate um their thought processes going down a, a, a bad path but Here's, here's what I would say counter to that, and it would blow up his entire argument. If he's saying that music is the number one influence, it's like, okay, I'll listen to only Christian music for the rest of my life, but I'll also watch porn every day. It's, it's, you're, you're now, like, it's a lazy generalism. I don't think that you can give me a cookie cutter reason as to why people are led astray, because everybody's struggles are different. Like David, and I'll just be honest with you guys, before I got saved, I used to love porn. I used to watch it all the time. And not even because I was trying to like, <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. I, I, was, I was living a very, uh, a very TV athlete life, and I was an absolute savage, and porn fit into that narrative very well because it gave me ideas. It, it, like, it put things it. in my mind. No, but I mean, I'm not. I'm not glorifying. I'm not glorifying. What, I, I, what I'm actually saying is, I thought you were going to get real graphic. Like, no, 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 never, never, never. <laughs> but like, and I'm not glorifying. But it put things in my mind, and it made me feel a certain way as a man sexually that was totally off. And I listened to the same music then that I do now, hmm. and I don't feel like that anymore. 
I approach, this is personal, but I approach sex with my wife way differently than I did with any woman that I was with before my wife. I think about this, the, the, um, the beauty of sin, like what I call sinless sex. So it's a, to me, it was a lazy generalism and the, and I'm glad Trey, you told me when it came out before I commented, because in 2008 was only maybe a year or two after I got saved and I was still struggling with porn and I was still struggling with smashing. Well, struggling, (laughs) right? Yeah, right. right, Sorry. In looking back on it now, I regret some of the decisions I made, but in the moment I was, I was doing my thing that said, and again, I'm not glorifying that said, I think it's a lazy generalism to scapegoat hip hop and R and B for the, the, the deviation of, of otherwise Christian minded individuals. It's just not, fair. The devil does not only come to us through music. The devil will come through us through bad financial opportunities that, you know, if you're in a rush to make a, a lot of money, you may jump on that bandwagon or pornography or even a, a, a well-meaning other gender, you know, person. Like it might start off with, you know, yeah, maybe your wife should listen to you more. That's none of your business. And that's, that's, that's a gateway. And can I interject here? So, I'm done. So- so I think Ty, in, that was Ty Trebet, right? So yeah. in, in the clip, he's speaking to, I'm assuming, like young people, maybe teenagers at the time. Mm-hmm. And so a person like me, um, I came into the church at a young age. So I went from one extreme from, no, you know, no gospel music at all. And then we, I got saved. I mean, I, I started going to church as a young kid, maybe six, seven years old. And in that church, there was no secular music at all. You know, not even Al Green, not even The Temptation, none of that stuff. And no movies, no, you know, real strict church. And then later on, when I went to my our church um, later on, same thing. This was this is smashing CDs era. Kids used to get saved and bring their Tupac CDs, bring their Jay Z CDs to the altar, and we would, and all the whole youth ministry would smash the CDs. And <laughs> yes, in hindsight, very silly, right? At least sell them. We would, we would smash the CDs, get rid of secular music, and then a lot of teenagers, once they started getting late into high school, maybe college, you know, they picked the secular CDs up, and so they. For me, for example, I went through a big period of my life where there was no secular music, mm-hmm. right? And then, so once you get into certain certain situations uh, with people that are, are not believers or didn't grow up in your, in your youth ministry, and it's like you kind of take your cues from the music that you hear, right? You, you start addressing like, at the time, we started dressing like Dipset, or we dressed like dressed like Jay Z. <laughs> we talk like Dipset. We would talk like these people and try to emulate them because we didn't really know how how else to act. Right? We thought that was the cool way to act. That was what you should do. Um, so I take his point that to mean that a lot of these kids. I don't know if they're still doing it now, but they're getting their cues. They're getting their way to talk, how to talk to women, right? We just, hey, ma, we used to say that a lot in high school. Why? <laughs> because that's what that's what Cameron was saying. And, and so we would talk to women a certain way. We would you know, talk to our friends a certain way. 
all a lot of it was based on the music and not like real world experience. Now, as a 35 year old man, music has no influence like that on my life, right? Like, I'm not going to talk like Young Thug. I'm not going to talk like whoever I listen to. I'm not going to talk like them because I'm my own person. But as a 16, 17 year old person, perhaps the artists make play a bigger influence in your life at that time. But what I would say with that, what I would argue with that is, and I guess it's, it's specific to each individual, but it's, it's kind of one of those things of like, does art imitate life or does life imitate art? And so it's kind of like, like for me, we weren't necessarily imitating our favorite artists. We were just, this was life for us. You know what I'm saying? At 16, 17, because we didn't grow up in the church. And so this was this is how life was supposed to be. This is how you're supposed to act at 16. To Brian's point, as an athlete, as a star athlete, you know, traveling overseas and different things like that, there's a certain persona that you're supposed to carry, or at least you think you are. And so you you follow that sort of uh, blueprint, not necessarily because Jay-Z did it or because you know, Kobe or whoever did it is more so just like, this is just how you live, right? I know. Um, So I think, and again, this probably is specific to each person, but like for me, it was never about like, we dressed like Dipset because that was just the style. People used to to come to school with the G unit tank tops. Nobody wore G unit tank tops. (laughs) Those dudes were lame. 50 Cent wore G unit tank, those little bra straps he's aware yeah those and bulletproof these come to school with bulletproof vests the fake right, ones. But then there was there were <laughs> schools and like i mean but like that's what i'm saying like there were well okay g unit that that's fair <laughs> but i mean i think also like even with that like that was them imitating you know what i'm saying like that was 50 cent and, and those guys imitating a certain lifestyle right. that in the street you know Specifically, Fifty Cent, it was it was you know out of fear because of how many times he got shot. But um, I think it's typical. Yeah, I think it's 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 one of those things where I don't think it's necessarily like, oh well. I mean, I think sometimes, yeah, like I said, it's specific on different persons, it's different scenarios. But I think sometimes, yes, the the art may influence the person, but I think also sometimes the person is just like, yo, I can relate to this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can relate to a lot of, uh, of the secular songs at the time because that was the life that I was living. You, you know could not relate to Dipset. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised. Yeah, bro. I mean, you can look. relate to 50 Cent. <laughs> Clooney, listen. I'm just saying, 50 Cent, real story. Not all of his songs, but maybe some of them. <laughs> well, D, uh, D, I'm going to back you up. On a personal list like that. D, I'm going to back you up. So, my mom was the senior tenant interviewer at the Housing Authority in Bayonne, where, where I grew up. And I lived on Island View Court, and next to me was Sea View Court. But surrounding us was the Boulevard Projects, the Lord Avenue and Lexington Avenue Projects, and the Avenue C Projects. And then on this side was just water. And my whole childhood, to your point earlier, Cleve, was was hip-hop, was big, was, was Tupac, was uh, whoever came before big, like right before that, the Locks, the Rough Riders. Like, that's how I grew up. And I tried to sell drugs because that's what was around me. Like every project building around me was drugs. It wasn't necessarily because of the music, 
but it did that they that's that was how I grew up. Right. And because of my mom, I never was allowed to sell drugs because the drug dealers were afraid that they would that they wouldn't pass their interviews if they pissed her off. Mm. So the only reason I didn't become a drug dealer was because my mom, like everybody in the project was afraid of my mom putting them on the street. Got you. So I'm literally like, and it, I mean, that's just smart for drug dealers, right? You don't lose, you know, you don't lose a captive audience because you want one more, one more drug dealer. There's drug dealers everywhere. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like to David's point, I think we're all one decision, one you know, one lack Influence. of grace away from going <laughs> somewhere else. But it's grace, right? Like yeah. there's no reason for my mom to get this job, to raise these kids in this circumstance. And then drug dealers recognize me because I look like my mom be like, nah, you good. You can't sell drugs. Go play basketball. We know who your mom is. Go play basketball. Right. And at no point did you, you was like, yo, I'm going to be Jay and reasonable doubt. Ever. <laughs> that, Ever. That's kind of my point. Right? Right. I was just like, like I want to make some money. I try. I, I get. I'm, I won't on this podcast, but when we when we go offline, I can list you twenty different drug dealers that I tried to go to to like just get some work at, at fifteen years old. And that's kind of what I'm trying to say. Like, I, at no point in my mind was I like, "Yo, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be Cam, and I'm gonna do this. Or I'm gonna be fifty. I'm gonna do." Like, I made decisions based on just the life that I was living in the, in my surroundings, my environment, more so than. Oh, I want I want to be the next Jim Jones or whoever, right? Like, Ricky. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and so, like, yeah, maybe some things we might imitate. You know, they might have some influence on the way we dress or whatever. But even that was just because that was the style. And if you wasn't dressing with the style, even today, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You you looked at a certain way, you corny or whatever, if you're trying to fit in. If you don't care, at, at this point, at 35, I don't care, you know what I'm saying, what people think and how I dress. But, you know, at that time, at 16, 17, of course I care what people thought about how I dress. So, of course, I'm going to follow the trends. And that usually looks like dressing like my favorite rapper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> even that, like, I wasn't walking around with pink all the time either. Right. You know, like, I, I had my limits. So, you know, some people did, but <laughs> that wasn't me. So I think all of it, like I said, to my point earlier is like, I think it really just depends on the person and what your personal vices are and what your personal, right. um, you know, like, like I wouldn't, I'm not saying that every, no Christian should ever listen to secular music. That might not be your vice, right? Yeah. Maybe your thing is like, you can't go on social media because like you have a porn addiction and you you know, you see certain girls in a certain way and that triggers those things for you. Or maybe, you know, you can't go to a bar because you're an ex-alcoholic. Or maybe you can't be around, you know, I don't know, maybe you can't be around fast cars because you like to, you know, you were, you like to race. <laughs> you, know, right. you know, whatever. I don't know. No, um, right. I think it's all subjective to the person and, you know, how they grew up. And so, um, I, I uh, since Trey said I'm good for dropping the mic, I guess I'll drop the mic right here and the Bible says, you know, Paul said, everything is lawful, but not everything is beneficial, mm. right? And, you know, so I think. But I So for me, I think that we're kind of uh, downplaying the influence. I think that I, I, to your point, Brian, I don't think that it affects everyone the way he's generalizing. But I do think that we have to also 
realize that music does have power. In First Samuel chapter 16, the Bible tells us that. Uh, we saw that with David and Saul, that he played his harp, and then the evil spirit that was upon Saul left him, and he felt better. There is truth to us having to be careful what we digest as Christians. I think that, and then I also believe in the power of the tongue. I believe that we have to be careful of the words we speak. Yes. Uh, uh, to your point, Dave, I get that that's not everybody's vice, but that that culture that was influenced, there there may be a, a more connection to um, popular culture. I wouldn't even say music. I think because he was driving on music, that that's kind of, uh, what we're debating but if you think about social media now and you think about the influencer and how everybody wants to get a bag everybody's got a gig everybody wants to travel everybody wants to do these things that is now something that's mainstream that to his point has children's attention to where they want those things because their friends have them yes. i can't not have the ps5 because my buddy has the ps5 i can't not have this because my like to what he's saying and again he was he was simply talking about music um, we have to also factor in that I think I think we're all making great points to your you know we have to be careful of our vices we can't give in to our vices but we also have to realize that there is there's something to being careful to what we we listen to there there is something to that it may not cause you to go out and shoot up a mall it may not cause you to go do things that you know you shouldn't do but there are people that are influenced to try these drugs and do I mean I think when Lean was in in oh, every yeah. song, they started having an influx in overdoses. When Percocets was a like, there is something to what what he's saying. I get what you're saying, though, Brian. You can't generalize everyone because everyone doesn't think that way. But there is there's there, there there's some truth there, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Trey. Again, I, I think I'm just going to echo your sentiment. There there's there's influence in anything, and I think that in 2008. It was music. I also agree that in 2021, it's social media. Right. right. But that's that's kind of my issue with the general generalism. It's like in 2035, it won't be music. And it, well, maybe it won't be music and maybe it won't be social media. And, I'm, and I know that the Bible is timeless. So please forgive me for what I'm about to say comes across different in the in first Samuel that you're that you're referring to. That evil spirit did leave, and we we do understand that that uh, you know there's a, there's a there's a very intimate connection to music and the devil, very intimate connection. Like it's it's like hand in hand. But at the same time, I think as the world has gotten bigger, the devil's tricks have gotten bigger. So it's dangerous to tell a Christian that, or even a young kid Christian, that it's music. Because right, right. we we tell them to watch out for music, and we completely overlook the English teacher who's a homosexual that is court, like courting this young man, and at fifteen, getting him to make make decisions physically that he may or may not be ready for. I think I I think you're a hundred percent right, and I think that the lures of the devil have have taken new channels and new avenues to lure yeah. people away. Um. As believers, though, we have to we have to figure out a way to uh, be in the world, but not of it. Honestly, yeah, 100%. we have to figure we have to 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 get to a point where 
David's testimony is everyone else's testimony. I didn't believe. I didn't grow up with it. But, you know, now I know what I can't listen to. What I Like you said, Brian, I know what I can't watch. I know mm-hmm. what the effects of what I watched before did. And God yep. and, and, you know, counseling and whatever else you went through walked you through that. Like that, that is something that as believers, we have to be aware of. And I think, you know, to, you know, we have a lot of people who proclaim, proclaim to believe that are not walking it. And, and and again, there's no, no one, I'm not perfect. So I'm not saying that I'm living perfectly at all. That's not what I'm, but we have to, as believers, find a way to hold each other accountable and find a way to uplift each other so that we don't fall into those lures or we don't allow others to fall into those lures or we see those and we say hey you know what like for me social media that's why i took i I, you guys probably didn't notice but that's why i got off it for like a half a year because it was just it was too much of a distraction that i had to turn it off and put it away refocus myself to what i needed to focus on and then eventually try and re-enter the space so you know i i think that this is this is this is a very interesting uh, clip. It's an older clip. And yes, some of it didn't age well, like the iPod he mentioned and all that <laughs> other stuff. But, <laughs> but, you know, MySpace. even to that point, to your point, Brian, it was not, it was once MySpace. Now it's Facebook, Instagram, yeah. all these other sites. It, it's Yeah. Can I pose a can I pose a question to the group? Yeah. We're all entrepreneurs in our own respective rights. So there's got to be some semblance of an online presence. But do you guys think, and this, this is probably deeper, do you guys think that a hiatus or getting rid of social media may be a good idea for Christians? Absolutely. I think it's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, really? I, would, I would challenge you to read Cal Newport Deep Work. Yeah, not not the other one. Oh, uh, he has a new one out too. It's called um, "A World Without Email" or something like that. Yeah, um, I haven't read Deep Work, but I read his other one on um, on the digital. Like his thing is the digital detox. Yeah, that's, that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because he's but yeah, in Deep Work specifically, he he has quite a few case studies of people who are successful without any pretty much any internet connection at all there's one guy who's like he makes like i don't know i think he makes like tables or something like that and he literally has he doesn't even have an email like he doesn't have a website nothing but and yet he he sells like he's successful and he he has a certain amount of sales and people are like trying to get in touch with him and and stuff like that to to you know give him business and so they like they call him like on the phone, <laughs> on the landline. And well, like, I think they like, you know, cell they, they show up and I don't even think he has a cell phone. I, I got to go back and read it. I read it a few years ago, but like he goes through a, quite a few different case studies of people who were successful, um, basically away from the internet. Um, and like he even has like his new book is like a world without email. And it's all about like basically, um, basically taking out all those different distractions um, of social media, email, all those things that are drawing your time away from your craft and your product and specifically just focus on, focusing on making, like deep work is all about making a good product or doing good work 
and how internet and different things take away from that and how you could still be successful without all those things because if you have a superior product, the people will come, right? There was a time before internet where people were still successful right? <laughs> without internet, right? There was a time before social media where people still sold things without uh, posting it every day on social. So, I mean, yeah, I think social media has made it easier for reach, right? You can you can easily reach a few thousand people in a day, right? If you have the right engagement and all the right, you hit all the right algorithm points and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not necessarily necessary. Here's my thing, though. I agree. You can get rid of social media, but maybe hire somebody because I'm I'm at the point where I'm get I've gotten so lazy that if I have to call you to get your business, most likely you're not getting my business. If I can just do it on an app, if I can just send you a text message mm-hmm. to book a service, mm-hmm. to order food, um, book a table, whatever. Like if I have to call your restaurant to reserve a table, I'm just not gonna go. I just want to open open table. And get a table. Um, so I do think, while it is, it is absolutely okay to get rid of social media. Perhaps hire people to run um, some kind of service for you. Well, I, look, I, I'm I'm asking you guys because honestly, because Trey said he took a, a hiatus from social media. Dave, I'm, Jesus, I'm sorry, it's late. Trey, what was your what was your hiatus from social media like? And, and I'll get to why I'm asking it. So what I did was I actually, and I still haven't went back on Facebook, but I deleted my Facebook. I deleted my Instagram. Uh, The only accounts that I had was I still used YouTube from time to time to watch musical videos because that's one of the things I do on Instagram. Well, I consider Um, that a search engine. I don't consider YouTube uh, social media. And I just kind of completely stayed off of it. I And I went from, I think it was about six months five or six months. And I, mm-hmm. I'll tell you that for me, it was more of a detox because what was happening is that I was absorbing so many things. I was just seeing, you know, vacations. I was seeing cars. I was seeing just all this stuff. And it just was creating in me a want. I want mm-hmm. this. I want that. And I wasn't, mm-hmm. and for me, I wasn't, I wasn't satisfied or I wasn't grateful for what I had. So what I did was I decided that I need to step away from this because it's creating something in me that is is not pleasing to God because he's been so good to me. He's given so much. He's blessed me. So and if I'm always in a state of want with my hands out, I'm not in the posture to be a blessing. And I'm really not really deserving of a blessing, in my opinion. So I I, I did it. And I will say that actually now being on Instagram, I hate it. I want to get back off of it. Um, but now, you know, with the ventures that, you know, cause I mean, this podcast honestly was one of the things that came out of that. I was always interested in the space. I've mm-hmm. loved talk radio. I love that. And it was just like one of those things where I was like, I really want to try it. I really want to do it. And then I got, you know, with these, you great brothers, David, Cleve, you, Brian, and you know, it's one of the things that I kind of thought through, prayed through and, and decided that I wanted more, I wanted more space for, or I wanted more things for believers. I wanted more conversations about what we go through. I wanted more people that look like me to have something to say about the God that they serve. So I think that, you know, for me, it was just, it was really just a detox, man. It wasn't, it wasn't forced on me. No one told me to do it. 
Um, I do think that, you know, unfortunately, one of the downsides of it was that now that social media is kind of how we keep in touch with our families and stuff, that a lot of photos and birthday parties and pictures like that I didn't see. Um, when things were getting notified about through Facebook and stuff, I wasn't up to it. But um, my wife would kind of put me in and let me know what was happening. But for, I, it was kind of one of the best things I've done. And I, I'm actually really considering just being done with social media. So here, here's why I ask. And David, it's really interesting that you brought up Cal Newport because that's what planted the seed a long time ago. He did a, either talk or some kind of interview or whatever. And basically it was, you can be successful without social media at basically everything you just said, David. And even though I do want to uh, grow a YouTube channel on my own, and I do want this podcast to grow and I've got some other ideas, none of them really necessitate social media, like Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Even with my new job, my new like full-time job, LinkedIn hasn't been a source of like leads or contacts. It's more of just like a, a, a digital like business card. You know, if you want to learn more, get it. So I'm strongly considering getting rid of Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook and not a detox, like get rid of it. Because what also happens to David's earlier point is I don't watch porn anymore. That's not something I struggle with, but I have a friend group on there that sends me like racy photos. And it's and honestly, that's my bad, Dave. I mean, my bad, Brian. I won't stop. I won't send them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'd appreciate it, Cleve. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, like, it's kind of like it's kind of like diet porn. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's porn zero. It's <laughs> or yeah, 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 yeah. It's not even it's diet. Sugar-free. It's like. It's a little bit of porn. <laughs> just, you know what? You know what? You know what? Too, bro, fellas. I have a daughter, right? So, on the one hand, this stuff is feeding my flesh, and then my daughter comes home and gives me a hug, and I'm like, "Yo, I literally just looked at somebody else's version of you, the way that I never want any dude to look at you." It's. I think that Brian, if you're being led to that, you should pray through it, honestly. I've been praying. Have I you just considered, think I have you considered blocking that group and uh, unfollowing some stuff so you don't see that? Because you can control your feed and no. stay off the explore page. No, 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 I can't. And that's that I think is the issue. I think that because it's it comes at me so fast mm-hmm. and it comes at me everywhere. Like it's not just it, it wouldn't even just be Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. I'd have to recreate how I even engage with YouTube. And David knows this more intimately than you two do. I am on the platform and for a long time, I would like be a consumer because of the things I was watching on YouTube. And even now sometimes, but like I spend money because of what I watch and I spend energy because of what I watch. So I'd have to really like step away from all the platforms as a consumer, even YouTube, and just be on them as a creator until I can kind of reset my brain as to what I need to fill myself with. I think you, that I mean, I, what do you guys think? Like, I, I, this may just be my struggle. Y'all might have different struggles than me. I mean, I think um, Trey, Trey's got a good point because I mean, there was a time where my Instagram specifically looked very different than it does now. Mm-hmm. Um, like now, it's just all photographers, and is it, if it's not people I know, it's just a bunch of photographers and videographers and stuff like that. Um, 
And so I don't see a lot of the stuff. Whereas before, like when I was first trying to get into photography, I was following a lot of models. And so that led to the different things and, and kind of like what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And when I switched that around, I stopped, I, I like, I unfollow a bunch of different models and different stuff like that. And it wasn't like it was, it was any like malicious intent. I was literally following models. Cause I'm like, well, models take pictures. I can look at pose and I can look at it. Like I had yeah. legitimate reasons for following. It wasn't like, Oh, this is my sneaky way of trying to look at whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, I switched that around and I was just like, well, I'm only going to follow photographers now and only specific types of photographers, different stuff like that. Um, and that, that changed my feed a lot, but also like Instagram specifically, um, I don't go on as a consumer anymore. I only go on if I'm going to post something. Um, and then, then I have like a hard limit on how long I'm on there for. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, if I'm on here for more than 30 minutes and I haven't been productive and I haven't posted anything or engaged in, in, in content or whatever, that's going to help grow my following. Mm-hmm. Then it's time for me to get off. Um, and so I, I, I kind of set those limits for myself, which the iPhone helps. Cause you know, you can set how long you're on the, um, you can with do that with Android time. too, brother. I, I know, but he has an iPhone. We're not getting into the Android iPhone thing. I'm just saying, cause he has an iPhone. So I'm, I'm specifically, everybody has an iPhone <laughs> except for Trey. <laughs> anyway. Um, so that helps with the screen time, just like setting screen time limits for each day. Um, YouTube is a lot harder because like it is addictive. I, I, you know, we we've talked about this before. Like I, I, I can spend hours on there, yeah. um, and so that is a lot harder for me to kind of step away from. But again, I kind of did the same thing. I cleaned up what I engage in and watching, um, and just like I'm very specific about what I watch now and how long I'm on there for, and. Just kind of like it's it's really just about discipline, honestly. If you don't want to completely step away, it's about just like setting boundaries and disciplining yourself. Like I'm not gonna go beyond this. Um, like the same thing like with me, like going back to the secular music thing. It's like I I'm not gonna compromise. Like as much as I want to listen to the J Cole album, I refuse to listen to it because, and like J Cole is one of my favorite secular rappers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I refuse to listen to it because I'm, I just don't want to compromise. Right. Um, and so it's just one, at least for me personally, um, it's just about setting those boundaries and just having a discipline to say like, I'm only going to go so far. And then the other thing I would suggest is like, maybe cut it down to just one social media platform. Right. Like, like if you're saying, well, all right, I just want to build my business which business, I mean, which platform is the most profitable for you? Um, you know, because they all have different demographics, right? YouTube has a certain demographic. Mm-hmm. Facebook has a, a certain demographic. And Instagram has another one. And so it's like, which one is the most profitable for you in the, from a business standpoint? And then get rid of the other ones, right? Um, yeah. And, and just go, I, kind of go from there. I think what I'm going to do after having this conversation with you guys, I have a second Instagram handle that I've always kind of used as like a reserve if I wanted to like switch my name up, but I wasn't ready to commit to it yet. I think what I'm going to do is delete my main Instagram with all of that history in it and just use the other one for the production company. There you go. And then my friends just have to call me like they did in the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or text. 
like they did in the two thousands. <laughs> I think that uh, this is a very great conversation. I think that uh, one thing I want to kind of say to everyone, and I think uh, Dave or Cleve or Brian, if you want to jump in too. Uh, that, you know, as believers, we all have our vices. We all have things that we're working through. Uh, when you get saved, you don't immediately become a new person. Um, and, you know, we're praying for renewal of the mind and a clean heart. And you're you're working through things, you know, and it's it's it gets tough, man. But I think that we have to know our vices, identify our vices and be careful what we consume. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's kind of what I took from Ty's message. Yeah, it was dated. Yeah, he focused on music. But to me, he was more preaching about vices. That's fair. And knowing, one, the power of our tongues and knowing how reciting lyrics that only speak deaf and, you know, being aware of the damage that they can do. But then also being careful that, you know, to Dave's point, if you if that's something you struggle with or that's something that triggers a memory or if that's something that makes you want to do something that you probably shouldn't do because it doesn't edify God. Choose to stay away from it. Yeah. Make the conscious choice not to use it. And I think that is kind of. That is part of the Christian walk, choosing God, choosing to make a choice that will. Make a difference for you, for your life, for your family and for everything. Awesome. Um, so anybody got cl any closing remarks before we, we get out of here? Mike with, uh, Dave with another mic drop, huh? <laughs> yep. Yep, I guess so. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Anyway, uh, follow us on all, subscribe to us on all podcasts, listening apps. Um, like it's on all social media if we're still on there after this conversation. Only fans. Yeah, we may just start an OnlyFans. I don't know. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> but uh I am David Unique DNA. Uh these are my brothers in Christ, and we will see you in the next one. Peace. Peace. Peace.